Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jonathan Bullinger. Thanks again for tuning in, and I've really appreciated the folks who've turned out to uh, catch us on both these new mini-episodes we've started doing this season, as well as the uh, Mining the Archive Mondays, where we give you a chance to really sort of look at uh, what we have, you know, presented in the past, rather, and uh, behind the paywall, and give you a chance to sort of see what's there for you if you choose to donate something, right? If you choose to, to want to get more access. And also, of course, in the future, when we start the new full season, there'll also be new full Patreon-only bonus episodes. So you might want to consider uh, donate a little bit to have access to both the archive and the new episodes. But I'm just, more importantly, just really happy that people are coming on back to, or you might be new to this, but are coming back to sort of see what we're up to again. Because, you know, it's been a while. And I've talked about that a little bit in previous episodes, but it's fresh on my mind because I think it was last week, uh, Steve and I were talking, chatting about times and timelines and all that. And, you know we certainly didn't do ourselves any sort of service uh, by taking such large chunks of time out uh, between doing regularly, you know, what they used to call regularly scheduled programming. So for those willing to give us, you know, our second or third chance, you know, we, we really do appreciate it because honestly, compared to when we started this podcast, which certainly wasn't the beginning of podcast, but I would say it was probably probably like the second phase of it maybe right we certainly weren't there in the first phase we were there around the second phase when people definitely started doing podcasts but it still was kind of alien and now and this is just all off the top of my head i'm sure someone who's an academic has studied uh, podcasts and has has defined the eras much better than i am but let's call now a days the third phase, which is Sirius and uh, and iHeartRadio slash former Clear Channel have basically tried to buy out as much podcasting as we can, as they can rather, and trying to turn it into traditional radio. And that's why now if you listen to certain podcasts or, or increasingly a lot of podcasts, you just hear the same old, you know, McDonald's commercial, Verizon commercial, that sort of thing, right? It doesn't feel quite as organic as it used to. But uh, my point is, is that much time between when we started versus now, the podcast field is completely different, and you can listen to so many different podcasts. So if you are choosing to give us a few minutes here and there, maybe every week or every other week, you know, I really appreciate that. You certainly don't have to do that, but I really like it because... I like to connect with you guys. I'm not always the most interactive person in the world. You know, I guess I should be sitting here tweeting at you constantly or, or sending things out on Instagram constantly and trying to do comments and things. I need to get better at that. But I do like this kind of connection with you where I say, hey, this is something that's on my mind. This is interesting. And, you know, what do you guys think? And obviously, you know, I, I wish every single episode would be me and Steve and Andrew and a guest, and there's lots of conversation every week, but it, it's just not realistic, right? With everyone's schedules and family responsibilities and all that and work responsibilities. So I, I honestly hope you don't get tired of listening to me uh, just on my own. That's why I keep these pretty short as, as many episodes, 
Um, but if you're with me, I do appreciate it. Okay, so what I want to talk about today real quick, as I said, short mini episode, is actually something that I wasn't planning on talking about today. But it was because an old friend of mine, and I think he might also, although I don't know where he finds the time because this guy's a full-time worker in television uh, 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 in the New York City area, and then he's also a full-time dad and husband and all that jazz. So I don't know how he finds the time for any of this, but uh, he reached out to me. He's an old buddy of mine from college, and and I think my point is I think he actually might listen to this show occasionally, which I really do appreciate uh, but a guy named Raleigh Hatch. And he suggested to me something that I I feel like if we really went through the old episodes, we probably mentioned this very briefly in passing, right, while we were talking about something else. And I feel like this is something that Steve was aware of. But uh, Raleigh reminded me about this uh, famous show from the late 1960s and specifically the early 1969 called Turn On! Exclamation point. And the reason that it's famous is because it only ran one episode, and in some markets, it didn't even get through the whole episode, meaning back then when, you know, affiliates were kings, you know, the affiliates sort of looked at this thing and were like, what the hell is this thing? No, 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 no. No, we don't need the letters. We don't need... Uh, boycotts. We don't need, you know, angry advertisers, whatever. And so they cut to other other programming, and then the show just died a quick death. And the one thing I want to say real quick, and this is a cheat for me, I, I'm being totally honest, but in our our full episodes, you know, I we do our homework, we do our research, we do prep, blah, 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 and we're ready to go, and we provide you as much uh, good, solid information as possible. As I've mentioned in these mini episodes, I played a little fast and loose. And so I think I've also mentioned this maybe back in the first mini episode. I don't love that because I criticize that when I see that from other content that we see increasingly through social media and online. But I hope I'm also not sort of just guessing at things, right? I I hate that when I live, especially there's some podcasters out there who it's like, I really respect, I really like what they do, but they'll sit there and go like, yeah, gee, I wonder, I wonder if it's that this happened because of blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting there going, if you know the topic, you're like, dude, that information's there. You don't have to guess at it. You should have done your homework. So if there's any balance to me sort of being a little fast and loose with this episode, it's that I really won't try to overstep my bounds here, right? Because I don't, I don't want to, you know, just fill content to fill content, and it's really just a lot of, a lot of hot air. So anyway, uh, uh, my friend had, had talked to me about, uh, or mentioned rather, turn on, and I wasn't even going to do turn on at all. What I was going to talk about today, and I'll save this for another time, is, uh, and I know it's like, why the hell are you talking about this comedian? Uh, because he's not even of my generation. His his career was kind of dead and buried 20 years by the time I came around, or 15 to 20 years by the time I came around, uh, with the exception of, of him appearing in, in uh, uh, that, what is it, 1980 or 1981 movie that's the drama with him in it but didn't work and De Niro's in it. I can't think of the title right now. Uh, uh, but I was going to talk about Jerry Lewis, actually, of all people, because there's a a project he did in the 80s, which I was vaguely rem- uh, 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 vaguely familiar with. And I happened to 
to come across again on YouTube and I was like, oh, I got to talk about this. But I'll save that for another time. And instead we'll talk about, we'll talk about turn on. So long story short here, because only one episode aired, I believe, and this is where when you don't do your homework, this is where you get into trouble. But I believe that the fir- the the two episodes had previously only been available at the Museum of Television and Radio. And for those of you of a certain age, you know what that means. You understand that world. And if you're younger and listening to this, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense based on the media ecosystem you've been growing up in. But for years... The only way that you ever had a chance to see certain content was either a private collector who had like VHS tapes or there was a uh, a famous video store in L.A. whose name always escapes me. I feel terrible, so I'm I'm not going to guess at it, but those uh, it's Eddie something, I believe. I can't remember. I just looked it up a few weeks ago. That shop was famous for having your traditional, you know, new releases and things. But especially for the the movie industry, the TV industry, you'd have pros go in there and say, I really need a copy of, you know, some really obscure thing, X, Y, Z. This is all pre-internet. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we can get that for you. Or, oh, yeah, we have a copy of that in the back. Let me let me grab it for you or order it for you or look for the through the library for you or whatever. And on the more sort of quote-unquote official front, right, the sort of museum, right, uh, uh, idea is you only have the Museum of Television and Radio. And we're talking like, and I love it, don't worry, I absolutely love it. I'm just trying to explain to younger folks who, who don't know this. You literally would hope that you could go to New York City or go to Los Angeles and physically go in, uh, sit in a boot, uh, sorry, go in, tell them what you're looking for or and eventually once the internet was connected you could look ahead of time and plan your trip and say yeah in this case you know the two episodes of turn on and they'd say like you know uh and this is like the original before everything was digitized uh yeah that's not quite available yet someone's looking at that right now but you can look at it you know at 10 30 or 11 or whatever during your trip and then you literally would sit just like at any good library you'd sit at a carol put on some headphones, get in front of the screen and, uh, and watch this stuff. Right. But it, it wasn't like today where it's all on YouTube or all on some sort of archive or a, or a torrent site or something like that. And so you, you know, if you were doing research, you know, you were literally sitting there taking notes, you know, and again, this isn't just put your phone up to the screen, take some photos of the screen or the screenshot and then work with that later. You know, this is literally pen and pencil or a little laptop or something, whatever you brought with you. So my point being is, and I didn't do the work here, so I can't, I'm not going to speculate, but I'm guessing that uh, at some point in the somewhat recent times, that second episode of Turn On found its way onto YouTube, or perhaps a better quality copy of it found its way onto YouTube. Now, maybe it's been on there for years. Again, I didn't do the work, so I'm not going to speculate. But the important part here is... The question of why the hell didn't this thing run? Why are we talking about it? And it's really, really interesting. It's one of those times where the thing that gets hyped 
is actually uh, worth, it, it lives up to it, right? It's actually worth watching. So I went into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be really hokey or really terrible. And it's going to be an idea that just doesn't work in the execution, right? And uh, the little bit of background that I do know about it is uh, the producer of Rowan and Martin's Laughing uh, uh, was the one to create this. The other sort of claim to fame here is at least this second episode I watched had uh, actor Robert Culp as the uh, as the uh, host, and also the actress who. Uh, this is off my memory, folks. I know humans used to have human memory, and they didn't rely on the internet all the time. But the uh, actress who co-hosted with it, Frances Nguyen, I believe. I think she's the one who got her start on Broadway with Shatner, and then she shows up in in, uh, in Star Trek episode, the original series. Anyway, uh, so they were there, and then there's also, uh, in the writing credits, is Albert Brooks, okay, who I believe his brother, uh, who, you know, professionally, his character Super Dave, I believe was involved with either Laugh-In, I assume it was Laugh-In, or... Um, uh, Smothers Brothers. I can't remember which one. Anywho, so this episode, you're sort of going in like, okay, there's some names attached to this, but it, and so the writing was probably there, right? Albert Brooks, Young, right? Blah blah blah. But it probably the execution's not there. It doesn't quite work. And it's really not that at all. What's fascinating about this show is that. You know, it, it's it, you'll find it in books from, I believe, the early 1980s. As soon as they're in the early 1980s, uh, you know, ranked as, you know, this is a flop uh, or this is the worst TV show ever, that kind of thing. And if you define that idea of worst or flop as not matching what was happening in television at that time. And this is where I wish Steve was with me because he'd talk about flow because he always talks about flow, <laughs> and he loves flow, TV flow, programming grid, um, uh, Raymond Williams. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you talk about it in terms of that, then yes, it's technically a quote-unquote flop, or it's quote-unquote uh, worst, right? Because what it is, is a heavily edited hit, 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 um, attempt at television that also attempts to deconstruct television at that point of how it was made at that point by doing things like having the host intros at the end by having the credits appear intermittently throughout the episode sometimes connected to the visuals on the screen or the jokes on the screen sometimes not and doing all these sort of quick 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 bits so the editing isn't in sync with what the audience sensibilities were at the time. The way the production uh, flow uh, happened, i.e. credits where they're supposed to be, uh, uh, host introductions where they're supposed to be, etc. That's not in sync with what the audience ex expectations are at all. So that doesn't work, quote unquote, work. And then the other you know, big issue, which is why it, it got canceled so quickly, is it is just... Everyone sort of making very, sometimes obvious and sometimes very clever sort of statements about power 
and sort of the ironies of the power dynamic in life in a way that's trying to be very sort of youthful, like, quote unquote, in your face. Now, there's problems in the as far as content in this show. You know, I'm generalizing here, but I think a lot a lot of my students sometimes, you know, they have a tendency to go, well, if that's old, it must be wrong, right? Or it must be on the wrong side of history. It must not be informed, right? We think differently now, and so it's no, it's not worth watching. And if you're looking at it through that lens, yes, there are problematic areas here. There are sort of very cliched, effeminate, uh, uh, homosexual depictions or representations in this show. There are, even though there's lip service paid to sort of certain feminist statements, there are still sort of that traditional heteronormative, you know, gender hierarchies present within, within that episode. And there's also uh, the same regarding race, even though there's lots of very, you know, attempts at forward thinking, very present, like, you know, uh, statements about race in the, in the show. But even though we can, you know, anyone, you watch the show, and I'll, I'll try to put the link up here on the show page for this episode, but you can find it, just search Turn On 1969, you know, on YouTube. But even taking out those, you know, those four or five clips, and you have to also understand, I don't know how they produced this show at the time, because, excuse me, <clears throat> that's what happens when you forget your water, folks. <laughs> is that there are so many quick jokes. There's so many quick setups in a, in a roughly a half, 23 minute, 25 minute episode, uh, excluding commercials that it's crazy how they were expecting to do 13 episodes of this or, or whatever it was, because there's so much now it's abstract, right? The setups, it's mostly a white background or a black background or whatever, you know, like, like basic, basic studio setup and they're just there with one or two props and a basic costume so i'm sure they were running through these setups really quickly through the day because it's just a one joke thing and they get in get out but there's still a lot of a lot of it there right so if you really think about this from a production standpoint you know i don't know maybe they had seven or eight setups ten setups total and in each setup they maybe got five or six jokes or situations and then they re re-edited that all together so it's all uh, um, heterogeneous, you know, it's all out of order, etc. But still, I mean, still, even if you're working out of eight or ten setups and then cutting it, getting, you know, five or six bits out of that, that's still a lot of material to edit, especially as how quick they were editing, right? This is not that situation of those old TV shows or anytime you've ever watched like a Mystery Science Theater episode sending up an old movie, you know, and their joke is always something like, you know, sometimes they'll sing a song or something. They'll be like, and here's Peter Graves driving in a car and he's still driving in a car and now he's getting out of the car and now he's walking up to the door and now he's ringing the doorbell. You know, like that's how movies were done and TV shows, right? You got to cut, kill a lot of production time till the commercials by just sort of filming the action, not quite in real time, but it felt like real time. So you didn't have as many setups. Uh, but this show is not that at all. It is just set up, set up, set up, set up, boom, 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 boom. So that that's sort of fascinating to me. The other thing that I want to say real quick, and I realize I'm, I'm running a little late on this episode, so I just want to wrap it up uh, very soon, is that the, con the reason this show wasn't looked at 
uh, or didn't want to be looked at. And the reason why this show was considered quote unquote the worst or, and I hate to do this because everybody does this and I think it's really, really lazy, but, uh, uh, I did like, um, uh, I did like the one quote that I saw on, uh, 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 I saw on Wikipedia, which I think is really lazy, but I, the one thing from Wikipedia here that I'll use is from a TV guide review who, which in the magazine article, uh, quoted a source and who knows what the, who the source is, right? That could have been a, an actual, a TV executive, or it could be their brother, you know, like who knows what the writer was doing that day. But they said, uh, uh, is, quote, just a bunch of strangers up there insulting everything you believe in. And, yeah, and and this is the last thing I'm going to say, is when this show doesn't work, it does feel like one of those Saturday Night Live sketches, I think during, like, maybe, like, the 80 Bryant era, where they do the black box theater thing from the high schoolers who thought they were blowing your mind, man, right, where they, it's always like, and the music stops and the spotlight goes up and one of the teenagers are you know at the edge of the stage so they're 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 in your face and they'll say something so obvious and on the nose and it's they're they're expecting you to go like whoa you know and of course it's just it's just silly right it's ridiculous the worst sketches on this turn on show feel like that it just feels a little too obvious and a little too silly and I, I noticed during the middle of the show, it sort of sags a little bit again, because they're writing so much material for each episode or the two, at least. Uh, so that middle part definitely feels like you start to see the formula and you wonder like, would this formula have really lasted 13 episodes? You know, I don't know. But those middle jokes, you know, you start to feel like, okay, so they're, they're, they're saying this thing over here to the left. And I mean this up or down, left or right, right in this direction. And so now the punchline has to be the absolute opposite of what you expect. And yep, it is. And okay, right? Blah, blah, blah. But the really good stuff in here, the clever stuff in here, is really closer to the kind of comedy that I think is in these days. And, you know, people fight about this and blah, blah. Is it comedy? Is it not? Whatever. Turn on is not laugh out loud, funny, funny. It's not like belly laugh, funny. There's only one joke in here that I genuinely laughed out loud, and I'll tell you that in a second. But it is basically people speaking truth uh, in a quote-unquote funny context. And that's why a lot of it really holds up. And, and And honestly, I'm trying to put myself there. Like, if I was the guy who produced this in 69, and it was known as this big flop, and it didn't work and whatever, if I then look back on the jokes... Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it is referential to the time. I'll be honest, even as someone who knows that period relatively well, there's a couple name drops in there that I was like, who? Well, I'm not sure. I don't remember that person. They're, they're joking about it. Who's probably from the news, but you look back on it and you're like, yeah, you know, I think most of this really holds up. You know, they're, they're, they're sort of, uh, you know, they're trying to speak to the idea that, uh, uh, African-American men aren't hired, uh, for jobs. They're, they have a good joke in there about how a man is mansplaining the uh, pro, the, the pain and problems of, of uh, childbirth to a woman. Uh, there's, um, uh, what was the other, the other joke? Uh, there's all this stuff about war, and they also have tried to have sort of non-sequitur graphics that, that kind of go by on the bottom of the screen. 
uh, and such and, and police sort of cluelessness, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So I think a lot of messaging there is, is pretty timeless. I think it, at that part actually holds up really well. Uh, but it just, it, it was just too quick at the time and it was a little too, uh, you know, a, a little too truthful, uh, in some ways for that audience. Right. I, uh, uh, what I'll say here is, and I apologize, folks. I'm just, you know me, I get excited about these topics. When I start getting excited, I, I don't edit myself. I apologize. We're at, we're at about 24 minutes here. I, I swear I won't go past a half hour. So what's interesting here is that if anyone tells you, oh yeah, this totally would have worked on the, uh, then it just wasn't given a chance where wrong. There's no way in hell this show would run in prime time in February or January or whatever it was in 1969. Now, if you want to play alternative history game, right? If there had been a quote unquote late night at that time, if there had been a quote unquote adult swim type of thing in 1969, then absolutely this show would be considered one of the great gems of the time period. It probably would have lasted long, but it would have been absolutely dynamite. Uh, but then again, it wouldn't have had the budget because uh, it wouldn't have been on prime time, right? That it needed to do what it did. But uh, so, so I wouldn't call this show in any way a flop or a bad show. But if you look at it as, and this is a lame term to use now, overused term, but if you look at it as a quote unquote alternative comedy or contemporary comedy, which is trying to say smart, truthful things within a sort of comedic context, uh, I think it works for the most part really, really well. Now, the one joke in here that made me really, really laugh like in the way that we would expect at that time period has nothing to, it has no biting social commentary. It is just a take on a commercial. It's not quite a commercial parody. It's just sort of like a surreal send up of a commercial uh, message. But I, I, I laughed out loud, and this is probably what people were expecting, right? They were like, oh, it'll be all laugh out, you know, loud, loud laughs, right? Uh, uh, and it, it isn't that. But anyway, real quick, and this is not its best joke by any stretch of the imagination, but it was uh, Robert Culp up at a, a uh, rental desk, and I think it's Mavis, and uh, a sort of Bonnie and Clyde-ish bank robber duo comes up, and they say, you know, we need, we need a car. We need a car now. Give me the car, you know, gunpoint. And he immediately, right, Robert Culp is like, oh, sure, of course, sir. And he gives over the keys and the whole bit. And then he grabs the gun from one of them, or maybe he has his own gun. And he says, while you get to the car, I'll hold them off. And you're sort of sitting there like, what the hell? What, what is going on here? And so the two robbers go off and to go get their rental car. And Robert Culp, who obviously is facing the camera, he just starts shooting like is it the, the police who are after him. And then he just stops and sort of looks at the camera and says, I told you, we, we go, I forget their tagline now, I'm, I'm butchering the joke, but he's like, we try harder, you know, <laughs> we go the extra mile for you at, at Mavis. And I was like, that's a good joke, right? That's sort of silly. That's sort of ridiculous. So I, I laughed out loud at that one. And then there's, there's one right after that. And I can't remember what that joke is. Uh, I also, I also had a good time with that one. So anywho, so turn on i just want to say again thanks to raleigh for reminding me about this and and who knows maybe if i talk to steve about this 
will uh this will sort of scratch an itch for him because he's he's sort of you know we we did a an episode on on the uh, monkeys 33 and a third revolutions he is steve has sort of a sweet spot i feel for some of that that stuff from the late 60s so who knows maybe we'll revisit this in depth we'll do our homework and do a full full episode for it but if you're interested in comedy if you're interested in sort of early albert brooks if you're interested in the idea of producing content and want to think about producing that much content for that that short of a show, uh, it's interesting to, to take a look at. So with that, folks, I'll just remind you again, we'll, uh, we'll have this, this, obviously, this episode you're listening to this week, which is great. Next week, we'll have another Mining the Archive Monday episode for you. Uh, I'm, I have an idea of what I'm going to release on this one, but I'm not still not going to prep it, uh, tease it yet for you just in case something changes, but look for that. That'll be interesting. I hope you enjoyed the TV pilots episode we released last time. And, uh, uh, oh, also one other note, I think I mentioned in the last mini episode that, uh, I am playing around with possibly doing a video version of the podcast. Uh, I had planned on doing that for the last episode, but due to some technical things, I didn't get around to that. So uh, I'll try it again. We'll keep working on it. And then hopefully at one point we'll get to a point where it'll be a simultaneous video and audio podcast. And the video one, of course, would show up on YouTube and we'd probably do little uh, little teaser uh, short versions of it on TikTok or something. But still working on that. So with that, uh, consider checking out the archive on Patreon if you like the Mining the Archive Mondays. And we are, I think, just a little bit over a month out from starting the new season. So be on the lookout for that. It'll be Steve and me, and Andrew will be in and out here and there. And otherwise, it feels good to be back. Again, thanks for uh, listening if you stayed with me for this entire half hour. I'm sorry for going late, but uh, I just got excited talking about Turn On. So for those who are new, I'm Jonathan Bullinger. For those who've been around a while, thanks again for coming on in. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.